In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're there in uh, Galatians chapter number 5. And, of course, on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number 5. And uh, I'm a, I don't know why I'm all mixed up today. And uh, that either means it's going to be a very bad sermon or a very good sermon. Or it's going to be very good for me and very bad for you. But uh, either way, it'll be good. The Word of God is always good. Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we're here in verse number 16. And we, we've been going through the book of Galatians on uh, Wednesday nights. And um, we haven't been in it, of course, for, for a little bit because of the Red Hot Preaching Conference and uh, different things. But, but before we get, we're going to go through verses 16 through 26 tonight. But before we get into it, let me just remind you of some of the themes of the book of Galatians uh, because it'll help you understand what it is that the Apostle Paul is saying and why it is that he's bringing these things up. If you remember, we've been, as we've been going through the book of Galatians, I've reminded you of these themes as we've gone through it because uh, it's something that comes up. One of these themes or multiple of these themes will come up in every single chapter, and tonight is no difference. Here at the end of chapter 5, we see the last two themes. So if you remember the themes of the book of Galatians, uh, the first theme was Paul's authority as an apostle and his authority as and his apostleship because of the fact that there are those who are attacking the apostle Paul. They're attacking his leadership and his credibility, so he's defending himself and his authority as an apostle. The second theme is the theme of salvation by grace through faith and not of works. And again, this, this, this all has to do with the third theme. The third theme is the Apostle Paul warning and fighting against the Judaizers. And if you remember, the Judaizers are coming from Jerusalem down to the region of Galatia, and they are teaching that you have to keep the Old Testament law. And these are the people that are attacking the authority of the Apostle Paul, and they're teaching that you have to keep the law uh, in order to be saved. So that's why we have these three themes, Paul's authority as an apostle, salvation by grace through faith and not of works, and then he's warning and fighting against these Judaizers who are teaching that you must keep the Old Testament law uh, to be saved. And then there's a fourth theme, and the fourth theme is that salvation can bring sanctification through the Spirit. That's actually what we're going to get into uh, tonight. Because again, these Judaizers are teaching that you have to keep the Old Testament law. That if you want to be saved, and even after you're saved, if you want to be right with God, you have to keep the Old Testament law. And of course, there's nothing wrong with keeping the Old Testament law, but there is something wrong when you're trying to manipulate people into keeping the laws of God, or you're trying to coerce them into keeping the laws of God. And the Apostle Paul is trying to teach the Galatians that sanctification can happen through the Holy Spirit of God. And that's actually the theme uh, tonight when uh, the Apostle Paul begins here. Notice there in verse 16, Galatians chapter 5, and verse number 16, the Bible says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And this is the title of the sermon tonight. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what the Apostle Paul is going to deal with is this idea of how to get victory over sin. Obviously, we all struggle with sin. We all have a sin nature. And he's going to be teaching uh, this idea of how it is that we can get victory over sin. And I want you to understand, just in connection to the themes, that the way to have victory, Paul is going to teach us, the way to have victory over sin, over the lust of the flesh, is not by trying to keep the law. Trying to keep the law and just telling yourself, I have to keep the laws of God and this is going to bring righteousness into my life. That is not the way 
that Christians should have victory over sin. And if you think that's what Christianity is, if you think Christianity is you got saved and now you started coming to church like Verity Baptist Church and now you have to keep this whole checklist of laws and, and you've got to keep your hair a certain length and your, the ladies have to keep their skirt a certain length and you have to do certain things or else you're not going to be right with God, you are not going to make it in the Christian life. And you're going to be miserable in the Christian life because the Apostle Paul is teaching us that the way to have, and by the way, I'm not against any of those things. I think ladies should have the uh, the length of the skirt should be long, and I think the the length of men's hair should be short, and and I'm all for all of that. But I want you to understand that the way that we get victory uh, in the Christian life is not by trying to keep the law, but by walking in the Spirit. This is what the Apostle Paul is teaching. He says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, tonight, as we go through this passage, I'd like to give you three headings, and maybe you can jot these down as we prepare to go through the, the, the passage. And of course, on the back of your course of the week, there's a place for you to jot things down uh, and take some notes. The first thing we see is a declaration by the Apostle Paul. We see a declaration. We're going to get into that here in a minute. The second thing we see is an observation, and we'll notice that as well. And then we'll end tonight with a motivation, a declaration, an observation, and a motivation. So notice it again there in verse 16. We see the declaration. This I say then. The Apostle Paul clearly declares this truth. He says, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In this declaration, we see the insight into the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit is this, that if you and I learn to walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. By the way, let me say this, the reverse is also true. When you walk in the flesh, uh, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you're walking in the flesh, you're not walking in the Spirit. You're walking in the flesh. So this idea is that we must learn to walk in the Spirit. If we're going to have victory in the Christian life, if we're going to last in this thing, if, if we're going to actually be happy through, uh, through the Christian life, we're going to have to learn to walk in the Spirit. And I'd like you to keep your place there in Galatians chapter 5. That's obviously our text for tonight. But go with me, if you would, to the book of Romans. If you go backwards... Past 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, you'll find the book of Romans. If you're going backwards, you have Galatians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, and then Romans. Romans chapter number 8. And do me a favor, when you get there, put a ribbon or a bookmark or something there because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to it. Romans chapter number 8. And we could preach, I could preach a whole sermon series on this idea of walking in the Spirit. But let me just quickly tonight help you uh, understand and give you two thoughts regarding walking in the Spirit. Because here's the key. If you want to live the Christian life successfully... Walk in the Spirit, the declaration that Paul tells us is walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So then we have to answer this question, how can we walk in the Spirit? How is it that we can walk in the Spirit? And there's two things that I want you to understand. The first is this, walking in the Spirit requires doing new things. Walking in the Spirit requires doing new things, or maybe I should say it this way, walking in the Spirit requires doing spiritual things. Notice there in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, notice what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, notice what he says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. When the Bible says to walk in the Spirit, or when it uses this terminology to walk, it, this has to do, the idea here is, is, is that it has to do with the manner of your life, the way that you are living your life, the way that you are walking through life. And here we are told that we should not walk. If you are saved, we're told you should not walk after the flesh, but 
after the Spirit. What does that mean? That means that there was a way you used to walk before you were saved. There was a way you used to walk, and you can still walk that way even after you are saved, but you should not walk that way. We should not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Look at verse 4, same chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 4. But the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, notice what he says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So you've got to begin here and ask yourself this question. Do you walk after the flesh? I'm talking about your day-to-day life. When you get up tomorrow and you begin to walk, you get up, you get dressed, you begin to walk through life, you go to work or you begin to uh, homeschool your children or whatever it is that, 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 that you do through your life, do you walk in the Spirit? You say, what does that mean? Are you walking in such a way that you are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you where you are saying, I will do what the Holy Spirit wants me to do? Or are you walking in such a way where you are saying, I guide myself, I do what I want to do? I allow my flesh to guide me, and I make decisions based of what I want to do in the flesh. See, walking in the Spirit is going to require that you begin to do spiritual things. And this is why I feel like this is very important, and, and, and it's, it's frustrating for me as a pastor at times, because it's so hard to help people. It's hard. Please listen to me. And, and the thing is, here's the thing. Those of you that need this, you're not going to understand it, which is the frustrating part, but I'm going to try it anyway. People will come to a church like Verity Baptist Church, and then they'll have problems. They'll have marriage problems. They'll have problems raising their children. They'll have financial problems. They'll have whatever problems that the Bible can solve for them. And they'll come to someone like me, or they'll come to my wife, and they'll ask for counsel, and ask for counseling, and ask for advice. But the problem is this, that it's hard to help people spiritually who walk like an unsaved person every day. You say, what do you mean? I mean, the stuff you're listening to, the stuff you're watching, the things you're consuming all day long. See, it's not possible for you to come to a church like this. Even you say, well, we're on a Wednesday night. Even if you come on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half, Sunday night for an hour and a half, Wednesday night for an hour and a half, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, you show up for Sunday night. If we're lucky, uh, you show up for Wednesday night. If we're lucky, you show up for Sunday church. It's not possible for us to help that when you've been spending literally 12 hours all day on YouTube on TikTok, on Facebook, on, on all the trash of the world, just consuming. And here's the sad, the sad thing is that Christians today, they watch the exact same things on YouTube and TikTok and Facebook and whatever other social media. They watch the same things, listen to the same people, consume the same things as the world. There's nothing spiritual about their life at all. They might say they're Christians, and they probably are. You know, if they're here tonight, you're saved, and praise God for that. But just because you're saved doesn't mean you're walking in the Spirit. See, the trick is, you say, I, walk, I don't want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Great. How do we do that? You have to walk in the Spirit. Great. How do we do that? you got to stop walking in the flesh. It is hard to help people spiritually. And this is why people come. They're like, oh, I want marriage counseling. I want this counseling. I want that counseling. And we tell them. We try to talk to them. We try to. But it's like, it's like you're, you're talking to a wall, right? There's, why? Because they're so consumed with the world. They're consumed with everything the world teaches them, everything the world tells them, all the agendas of the world. And here's all I'm telling you. 
is if you're going to walk in the Spirit, it's going to require you to do different things. You're going to have to stop walking in the flesh. So here's all I'm saying is if you're listening to everyone the world is listening to, if you're watching everything the world is watching, if you're watching every movie that the world is watching, if you're consuming all the entertainment that the world is providing, if you're listening to all the things that the world is providing for you to listen to, you will nev- you're not going to walk in the Spirit because you cannot walk in the Spirit. You cannot live in the Spirit. And look, let's not spiritualize it. Oh, well, I walk in the Spirit. No, walking in the Spirit is literally I'm walking through my day and I'm allowing the Holy Spirit of God to tell me what to do. What to watch, what to not watch, what to listen to, what to not listen to, where to go, where to not go. That's literally, so don't, don't spiritualize it. Oh, these men of God, they walk. No, no, walking in the Spirit is simply saying, hey, Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to think? How do you want me to feel? What do you want me to do? But see, Christians today spend all day long walking in the flesh. And then they wonder, and then we wonder why we fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, I'll tell you why you fulfill the lust of the flesh, because you walk in the flesh all day long. This I say then. Here's a declaration. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But in order to walk in the Spirit, you're going to have to stop walking in the flesh. You're going to have to stop consuming all the world. Because look, we, we, can't, we can't undo in in the four and a half hours you give us a week, if we're lucky. Do you understand that? You consume more worldliness on YouTube in one day than you get preaching at Verity Baptist Church if you come to all three services. Do you understand that? And then people come here and they're like, it didn't work, church didn't work. Hey, church works, the Bible works, you didn't work. Don't blame me that we weren't able to help your marriage when you're just a stinking worldly person. And by the way, stop consuming the world stuff. Start consuming the Bible stuff. You won't need so much counseling. (laughs) You won't even need so much help. Because here's the declaration. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the sad thing is, and the sad realization that my wife and I often have in ministry, I don't know why we're always so surprised, because we always are so surprised, and then we look at ourselves and think, well, why are we surprised? Is when you find, when you look at someone and you realize, oh, I thought you were more spiritual than this. My bad. My mistake. I thought you actually loved God. Turns out you love yourself. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. You're there in Galatians. Next book is Ephesians. Walking in the Spirit will solve all your problems. Because if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It'll solve all your problems. Because all your problems, all the problems that you and I have in this world have to do with us fulfilling the lust of the flesh. The pride of the eyes, the, 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 pride, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. The world, the devil, and our flesh. Those are our three enemies. And walking in the Spirit will solve all of it. Because if you walk, here's the promise, here's the declaration. If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But you can't walk in the Spirit while walking in the flesh. So at some point, you're going to have to make a choice. Ephesians 4, look at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth 
Walk not as the Gentiles walk. And look, again, this is not just Bible talk and oh, the King James Bible and henceforth and look at this. No, no, no. This is practical stuff. Paul is telling you. Paul is telling me. I am telling you tonight. Hey, why don't you henceforth? Why don't you from now on? Why don't you from tonight on not walk as the Gentiles walk? Amen. Gentiles is referring to just the normal world. Look at verse 22. Ephesians 4.22, that ye put off, that you take off, like taking off a garment of clothing, that you put off concerning the former conversation. In our King James Bible, the word conversation means lifestyle. It's the same idea as your walk, that ye put off the former conversation. Notice the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. So walking in the Spirit is the key to the successful Christian life. Walk in the Spirit. Here's the declaration. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, then why do I keep fulfilling the lust of the flesh? Well, here's why. Because you're not walking in the Spirit. Well, how can I walk in the Spirit? Well, first, you've got to stop walking in the flesh. You've got to stop consuming so much world and worldliness and all your worldly friends and all the worldly attitudes and realize I can't, walk like the Gentiles walk and walk in the Spirit. There's a second step. Not only does walking in the Spirit require doing new things, walking in the Spirit requires thinking new ways. It requires doing spiritual things, and it requires thinking spiritually. Walk in the Spirit means thinking in a spiritual way. Are you there in Ephesians 4? Look at verse 23. And be renewed... Remember, this is the context. We just read verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And again, I think people just read this stuff and they just kind of, their eyes glaze over because it's not TikTok. Their eyes glaze over and they're just like, I don't know, what is this? Look, he's literally telling you, if you want, you need to put off the old man. Stop doing what the old man, what you used to do before you were saved or when you were backslid. And you got to start thinking differently and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye put on the new man. So that you can become a new person, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness. Obviously, if you're saved, that new man is already there, but you've got to start walking in that spiritual man. Walking in the spirit. Go back to Romans chapter 8. So you've got you, you to gotta be concerned with how you think. And again, let me ask you, how do you think? Well, let me, let me tell you how you think. And it's very easy to know how you think. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know, what some of you should do is just pick up a, a little recorder and record yourself all day long. And then go back and listen to yourself talk. And it'll reveal what's in your heart. Or, or ask your spouse or ask people around you. Take inventory of what you talk about. Because what you talk about reveals what's in your heart. Your heart and your mind, these terms are used synonymously. You've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 8, look at verse 5. For they that after the, are after the flesh, notice, for they that are after the flesh. Again, after the flesh means that they're walking in the flesh. 
They're after the things of the flesh. They're going towards, they're consuming. Their goals are to get all the things that the world tells you to get. For they that are after the flesh, notice, do mind the things of the flesh. Do mind means they think about, they concentrate on, they meditate upon the things of the flesh. Doesn't that make sense? People who are going after the flesh and doing the things that the flesh tells them to do, they think about the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, look, it's not that complicated, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You say, how do you find someone who is walking in the Spirit and doing spiritual things? Here's how you find, how do you get there? You start thinking about spiritual things. You start consuming spiritual things. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Because your mind, Paul said, I can but, he said, Peter said, we can but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You know why you talk about what you, you talk about what you talk about because it's what you consume. In your eyes, in your ears. We can but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Some people, you get around them and it's all positive and it's all the Bible, and it's all spirituality, and it's walking with God, and it's loving God. Why? Because they spend their days reading the Bible, listening to preaching, being around godly people. Other people, you get around them, and it's all about money, and it's all about sports, and it's all about all these worldly things. Why? Because that's what they're consuming. We can but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Notice Romans 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. You cannot live the Christian life. I didn't say you'd lose your salvation. I'm saying you cannot be an effective follower of the Lord Jesus Christ while being carnally minded, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know why it says peace? Because the best way to have peace in your life is to just walk in the Spirit. Because what will bring chaos into your life is fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You know what will bring chaos into your life is becoming a drug addict. You know what will bring chaos into your life is committing adultery. You know what will bring chaos into your life is being a fornicator. So the best way to live at peace is to walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Go back to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. If you kept your place in Galatians right after you have the book of Ephesians, I just want to highlight some of these verses for you. But let me just say this. Let me give you what I call the transformation equation. How do you transform? How can someone be transformed? Here's how it happens. Thought patterns, new spiritual thought pattern, a new way of thinking. Saying, I'm going to stop thinking the world tells me to think. I'm going to stop chasing money. I'm going to stop chasing fame. I'm going to stop chasing being cool. I'm going to stop chasing all the things the world. Just a new thought pattern. Plus a new action plan. And not only am I going to stop thinking the way the world tells me to think, I'm going to stop doing what the world tells me to do. I'm going to start thinking the way God tells me to think. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to start doing what God tells me to do. And when your thought patterns, plus a new thought pattern, plus a new action plan, parentheses, this is an equation for you, multiplied, Over a long period of time, you know what will happen? Transformation. You'll become a different person. 
You'll become a different person than the one you used to be if you decide every day, I'm going to start thinking differently. I'm going to start acting differently. I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start stop thinking the way the world tells me to think and start thinking the way God tells me to think. I'm going to stop doing what the world tells me to do. And I'm going to start doing what God wants me to do. And I'm going to do that every day, every day, every day. And a new spiritual thought pattern and new spiritual action plans added together and multiplied for a long period of time will bring transformation in your marriage with your child rearing your spiritual life all of it because here's the declaration walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh look at Ephesians 2 look at verse 2 Ephesians 2 2 wherein in time past Paul speaking to the Ephesians he says in time past Ye walked according to the course of this world. That word course there, when I see that word course, I think of like a track or a path. You know, the, the whole world is on, this, on just a course. They're just on a path. They, they even call it the rat race. The whole world is just in a maze of the world. Get vaccines. Love LGBT. It's just that nobody thinks. They just do whatever they, they're told to do. They spend time on the entertainment of the world, on the media of the world, on the brainwashing of the world, they think like the world, so then they act like the world. Notice it. For they that are, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 2, 2, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. You say, well, who's in charge of the course of the world? According to the prince of the power of the air. That's Satan. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This is how the way, this is how the world lives their life. None of them are thinking. They're just doing what they're being told. They're watching TV programs and they're being programmed to think a certain way. And the sad thing is that many Christians are too. Look at verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past. Hey, Paul says, look, we used to be like that before we got saved. He's what he's saying to the Ephesians. We all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Notice, and of the mind. Because you have to start doing what the world tells you to do, and you just have to stop thinking the, world to, the way the world tells you to think. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Look at verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, that ye henceforth, walk not as other Gentiles walk, notice it, in the vanity of their mind. Let me tell you something. It, uh, if, if you're, unless you're like watching, you know, new IFB preaching on YouTube, or you're, wa- you know, if you're doing something educational where it's actually educational, everybody wants to call everything educational now, where it's actually educational. Mo- most of the stuff on YouTube, I've never been on TikTok, but I can promise you everything on TikTok, every, if it's not new IFB preaching, it is the vanity of this world. It is people telling you how to live the way, and it's supposed to make you want to envy them and emulate them and want to be like them, and it's going to ruin your life. So we see a declaration. We see the insight into the power of the Spirit. Here's a declaration. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a promise. See, I'd like to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, it's easy. Walk in the Spirit. Well, why can't I walk in the Spirit? Because you can't walk in the Spirit while walking in the flesh. You're going to have to make a decision. Here's our second word 
The first word was a declaration or term, a declaration. Here's the second term, an observation, an observation. In the declaration, we saw the insight into the spirit. In the observation, we see the Apostle Paul observing this internal struggle. Notice, if you go back to Galatians 5 and verse 17, that Paul is observing an internal struggle within a Christian. And this is, observed, this is true of every Christian. If you are saved, you have had this internal struggle. If you have never had this struggle, you're probably not saved. Notice Galatians 5.17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. This is, Paul is explaining why it is that every Christian experiences an internal struggle. I mean, how is it, how is it that I or you, if you're saved, you know, we, have you ever really, you know, why, why, do, why did 400 people show up at the Red Hot Preaching Conference? Literally, 400 and some people showed up, came from all over the country and different parts of the world, all sorts of different countries. Why? To just have their faces ripped off. Their vacation was just the hardest preaching. You say, why would somebody want that? Well, let me tell you something. Their flesh doesn't want it, but you know what wants it is their spirit. The spirit says, yeah, I like hard preaching. The spirit says, I like hard preaching. But you say, but, but, but my flesh also doesn't like it. The spirit says, I like the King James Bible, but the flesh says, I don't want to read the Bible. Do you understand that? The spirit says, I want to pray, but the flesh says, I don't want to pray. And this is an internal struggle that Christians have. Why? Because in you there is the old man and the new man. There is the flesh and the spirit. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. Keep your place there in Galatians. Go back to Romans. Romans chapter 8. There's this internal struggle. There's this internal fight between the flesh and the spirit. Romans chapter 8. Notice verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity. The word enmity means you are at odds with or you are fighting against God. You know the carnal mind is an enmity against God? For it is not subject, it is not yielding to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Look at verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. When you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. See, you and I have the ability to, we are in the spirit, we have the spirit, and we can walk in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So we see this internal struggle that Paul is observing. He says there's this experience that Christians have, this internal struggle, this fight between the old man and the new man. Look at verse 17. Go, go, keep your place in Romans. Go back to Galatians 5, 17. Look at the last part of verse 17. Well, look at verse 17 again. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. Notice the last part of verse 17. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You see that? Paul says, look, this is why you experience an internal fight. Because the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. 
Because you have a spiritual man and a carnal man. You have a spiritual man and a flesh man. You have an old man and a new man, and they're at odds with each other. And then he says, this is why you can't do the things you want to do. He says, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And if you're a Christian and you're actually saved, you probably have experienced this. Go back, go to Romans chapter 7. Because your spirit says, I love preaching. But yet you still can't make it to Sunday night church. You say, how can that be? Here's why it is. Your spirit wants to go to Sunday night church, but your flesh doesn't. Your spirit says, I love the word of God, but yet you still don't read it. How can that be? How can I love the Bible? I lo- and look, we're genuine. When we say that, we're genuine in our spiritual man. We say we love the Word of God. But yet, the average Christian tomorrow morning will not crack open their Bible and read it. Why? Why can we not do the things that we want to do? Here's why. Because it's not just the Spirit that's in you. It's the Spirit and the flesh. And there's this internal battle. Romans 7, verse 17. For that which I do, here's what, how Paul said it, Romans 7, 15, excuse me, Romans chapter 7, verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. You, and Paul's going to use a lot of wording, you've got to follow what he's saying here. So what does that mean? For that which I do, I allow not. He, here's what he's saying. I end up doing the things that I tell people not to do. The things that I tell people don't do, that I allow not, he says, I end up doing those. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, he's like, what I want to do, that do I not. I don't do what I want to do. But what I hate, that do I. He says, I don't do what I want to do, and I end up doing the things I don't want to do. In fact, I end up doing the things I tell other people not to do. Verse 16, if then I do that which I would not, he said, if I'm doing something that I know I don't want to do, and I know it's wrong, I consent unto the law that it is good. I know that that it's wrong, and I know that God's word is, is good. But why can't I do what I want to do? Look at verse 17. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. And please understand, this is not a cop-out on the Apostle Paul. He's not saying, well, it's, it's not me, it's sin. He, when he says sin that dwelleth in me, he's referring to the sin nature. He's, he's differentiating between his spiritual man and his carnal man. He says, my spiritual man doesn't want to. But my sin nature ends up doing it. You say, why? Here's how Jesus put it. The spirit truly is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit might want to go soul winning, but your weak flesh won't let you. Your spirit might want to read the Bible, but your weak flesh won't let you. Your spirit might want to live for God, but your weak flesh won't let you. Notice verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will, he says, the desire, the will is, is present with me. He says, I want to, but how to perform that which I is good, I find not. He says, for the good that I would, I do not. The good things I want to do, I end up not doing, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Again, the sin nature, the old man. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, Paul is saying, when you, because look, there's an observation. We see this internal struggle. There's this fight. Every day there's a fight in the flesh, between the flesh and the spirit. You say, well, which one's going to win? Well, I, my whole life I've heard people illustrate it this way. It's like you, you have two dogs that are fighting. A good dog and a bad dog. Every day they get up and they're going to fight. 
You say, which one's going to win? The one you feed. See, you, you understand why your spiritual man loses every day. Why you fail at walking in the Spirit is because you spend all day feeding the flesh. You, you spend all day, remember? You spend all day consuming the flesh, consuming the world, feeding the flesh, Hollywood movies, Hollywood entertainment, all the social media garbage. So your flesh gets very strong while your spirit gets very weak. And then you wonder why when you, they got to go to battle, the flesh always wins. I want to, but I can't get myself to do what I want to. The flesh that dwelleth, the sin that dwelleth in me wins every time. Why? Because you're walking in the flesh. But if you begin to walk in the spirit, you stop feeding the flesh and you start feeding the spirit, you'll find that spiritual man beginning to win those battles. So number one, we saw a declaration. We see the insight into the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. Then we saw an observation. We see the internal struggle in the Christian life. And the Spirit will win when you feed the Spirit. The flesh will win when you feed the flesh. And it's very simple. You just got to ask yourself and actually be honest with yourself. What are you feeding more? The flesh or the Spirit? Then I want you to notice, thirdly, there's a motivation. A motivation. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Remember the themes of the book? Of the, book? the Judaizers are saying, you've got to follow the law, you've got to follow the law. And, and, and what Paul is teaching is that, look, there can be sanctification through the Spirit. And what he's telling us is that the way... To have victory over sin, over the lust of flesh, is not by keeping the law. It's not by keeping a checklist, but it is by walking in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then here in verse 18, we're told, but if you be led of the Spirit, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit, it's like He grabs your hand, He starts leading you. He's guiding you. Now, the only way to be led of the Spirit is you have to be sensitive to the Spirit. You understand that? The reason that many Christians cannot be led of the Spirit is because they quench this Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells them, do that, don't do that, go there, don't go there, watch that, don't watch that, listen to that, don't listen to that, drink that, don't drink that. And they, they just quench the Spirit, they grieve the Spirit, they quiet the Spirit, they're not sensitive to the Spirit, so they cannot be led. Because the Bible says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under law. You say, what does that mean? Here's what it means. If you're led of the Spirit, no one has to give you a checklist. Do you understand what I just said? If you're led of the Spirit, nobody has to give you, oh, here are the rules. Here are the regulations. You've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now look, at Verity Baptist Church, you know that, I don't know if you know this about Verity Baptist Church, but we're like a highly organized church. And you know that at Verity Baptist Church, we have standards, leadership standards for everyone that serves here. Anyone that serves in a public capacity, you say, what does that mean? That means people see you serving. I'm talking about you're an usher, you're on the safety team, you're a song leader, you're, an or- you're in the orchestra, you, 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 you're a soul winning captain, you're a BBC family uh, captain. You lead in any sort of capacity that people can see you. Every single person, 
And if I'm lying, stand up right now and accuse me. Every single person that serves in this capacity, before you start serving, we give you a list that says, here's what we expect. And you know what those lists say? You say, how do you know? I wrote them. They say you're expected to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They say you're expected to go soul winning once a week if you're going to be an usher, if you're going to be a safety team member, if you're going to be in the orchestra, if you're going to stand up here and lead the music, if you're going to stand up here and read the Bible, if you're going to do anything that's in, in a public capacity. And here's the thing. We didn't, make, we, we didn't make you commit to that. Everyone who does these things, they of their own will commit to that and say, yes, I'll do that. But you know, the truth is this, we wouldn't even have to have the list if you were just led of the Spirit. Because when you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. When you're led of the Spirit, nobody has to tell you to go soul. Why don't you just go soul because you love God? Because you love lost people. When, when, when you're led of the Spirit, nobody has to tell you to show up to Sunday night church. You just show up to Sunday night church because you love the Word of God being preached and you love God's people. But you know what? Let me go ahead and harp on this a little bit because I, 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 it's so frustrating. And I realize that my mind... And my wife's mind obviously think differently than the average person because it's so frustrating to me. You committed to be a soul winner. Why do I have to walk up to you and say, hey, it's been six weeks since you went soul winning? No, you ought to be embarrassed. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. Why don't you just say, hey, pastor, my word means nothing. I'm a piece of trash. I'm a piece of garbage. I say things and I don't do them. I make commitments and I don't keep them. That would be more respectable than having to make me walk up to you and say, hey, remember when you said you were going to? It's been three months. You're a Christian. We shouldn't even have to tell you to be a soul winner. But how about this? If you're so backslidden and you're so worldly, how about just having enough character and integrity to do what you said you were going to do? We wouldn't even need a list. If you were led of the Spirit. But if you be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. See, the problem is that most people are not led by the Spirit because they are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This is the other frustrating thing for me. Is that I have to answer questions to worldly people. And they look at me like, I can't believe that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, no, it's just you're worldly. You understand? Here's how Paul said it. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. And, and people will ask me questions, or people, the, they'll, they'll ask my wife, and then we have to explain things, and then people are like, I can't believe that. And they act like we're, like we're you know, in a cold or something. <laughs> and it's like, no, the problem here is not us. The problem is you. If you were sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would tell you, hey, that's wrong. I mean, do you understand? One of these days I'm going to preach a sermon. In fact, I'm putting it on my calendar. I'm going to preach a sermon. Things that are obviously wrong. <laughs> but look. Do, look. Do I really need to tell you that walking into a casino is not something that God would want you to do? But yet, Christians go to casinos. Whoa, gamble! Walking into a casino is not something the Holy Spirit would lead you to do! Do I have to really explain that to you? Do I really have to explain to you that anywhere that there's gambling, it's not a good atmosphere for a Christian to be in? Do I really have to explain to you that a married man 
getting in a pool or a hot tub with a married woman and they're not married to each other is inappropriate? Do I really have to explain that to you? And people are like, oh, pastor, you're too strict. No, maybe you're too worldly. Maybe you should spend time in the word of God and renew your mind and renew your heart and renew your spirit and you might begin to actually fuel the Holy Spirit to tell you that putting a bunch of teenage girls in a hot tub with a married man is not appropriate. And then I say it and people are like, oh yeah. But I'm thinking, so why do I even have to say it? Why do I have to say it? Don't you have a Holy Spirit that tells you? Let me explain something to you. Going to a Hollywood movie to watch the latest blockbuster whatever the Holy Spirit should be telling you, I shouldn't be here. When the naked girl's on the screen, the scantily clad girl, the Holy Spirit should be telling you, this isn't right. But you're so callous to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And then you look at us, the way some of you are looking at me right now, like, I can't believe, no, I can't believe you. You spend so much time on YouTube and TikTok and the world, you don't even, you're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. Do I really have to explain to our church people that posting pictures of yourself, men, with your shirt off, or ladies in immodest apparel, when you've got married men and women that are following you, is inappropriate? Do I really have to explain that to you? You're like, well, we were in the back, our backyard, and it was just my husband, and I was dressed that way, or it was just my wife, and I was dressed that way, so what's wrong with it? Nothing wrong with it. So you take a picture and post it on social media, and all our church people are watching your pictures, now it's inappropriate. And the fact that I even have to explain that to you is saddening to me. It causes me to feel like a failure. Have we really gone this far? That the Holy Spirit of God just has no leading in you. There's no sensitivity to God. There's no sensitivity. You can just walk into a casino. You can just walk into a club. You can just walk into a movie. Theater. You can just walk into a bar. And nothing in you is saying, this isn't good, this isn't good. Don't do this, don't do this. It's ridiculous. Some of you are wishing we'd bring the red-hot preaching garments back because you like the preaching against the homos. And you like the preaching against the Jews, but how about the preaching against you? Because if you're led of the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you're not sensitive to the Holy look, the Holy Spirit. My wife and I, we, people have given us cards, and we appreciate the gift cards and all that, but there's been times we walk into a restaurant, and the, 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 the lights are just dark, the music's blaring, there's TVs with cheerleaders and football games, or whatever, and we just walk in, and we just kind of like, yeah, this isn't for us. I don't think the Holy Spirit wants us here. Now, you say, oh, I like the food. Well, take it to go. We took it to go. (laughs) But see, if you don't even understand that, you just walk in and you're like, oh, this is great. This is my favorite song. Oh, I love that football team. And the cheerleaders are just dancing on the screen. You're worldly. You're callous. You're not led of the Spirit. You're not walking in the Spirit. You're not even alarmed by it because you're walking in the flesh every day. See, the motivation is this. If we are simply spiritual people, if we are simply spiritual people, no one would have to explain these things. But if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. See, when you're a spiritual person, you're not not asking this question, what's the most worldly I can get and still be right with God? Look, if you're asking the question, what's the most worldly I can get, you're already not right with God. You've already lost. 
See, what happens when you are led of the flesh? Look at Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And this highlights the life of the worldly Christian. I don't care if you're saved or not. If you live according to the world, this is what your life is going to look like. Adultery, it's a physical relationship outside of marriage. Fornication, that's a physical relationship before marriage. Uncleanness, that's TikTok. Impurity. Lasciviousness, that's lustfulness and lewdness. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation. Variance is debate, strive, contention. Emulations is envy and trying to be or emulate someone you're not or someone you shouldn't be. Wrath, strife, seditions. Envings, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the, which I tell you before as I've told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And look, that's not saying you lose your salvation. That's saying when you do those things, it's because you're living in the flesh. And you know what's not going to go to heaven is your flesh. Before you go to heaven, you're going to put off this old man. You're going to put on a new man. Before you go to heaven, you're going to put off the corruptible and put on incorruption. You're going to put off the mortal and put on immortality. And the sad thing is that this verse, and I had other verses to go to. I'm not going to do it. But this verse and other verses like it illustrate the life of many Christians. A life of chaos, drug use, adultery, fornication, all of it, drunkenness, revelings. So how can a Christian get there? They're not walking in the Spirit. Why are they not walking in the Spirit? Because they're walking in their flesh. Paul said it this way, you don't have to turn here, 1 Corinthians 3, 3, For ye are carnal, for whereas there is among you envyings and strifes and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? You say, but what happens when you walk in the Spirit? Well, look at verse 22. Didn't, didn't verses 20 and 21 just feel yucky? I, maybe it didn't, because you're so worldly. <laughs> when I read those, I just think like, oh, and maybe it's because I see it so much as a pastor and I see individuals going down this road, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strives. This is how many Christians live their lives. But you know how the Christians that are led of the Spirit live their lives? Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Hey, I want, I want that to describe my home. I, I want that to describe my marriage. I, I want that to describe my, my relationships with, with my fellow church members. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Not murder, envying, drunkenness, ravelings, fornication. Adult. No, I want this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Don't miss it. Against such there is no law. When somebody's walking in the Spirit, you don't have to tell them. You don't have to tell them, hey, you know, if you're going to serve in this capacity, you've got to be a soul winner. Against such, there is no law when they're led of the Spirit. Because remember, the way to have victory over sin is not by keeping the law. The way to have victory over sin is by walking in the Spirit. Go to Galatians 5. Let's finish this thing up. And by the way, let me just say this. I'm going to preach a whole sermon on the fruit of the Spirit next week. 
It should be nice. You showed up for the bad one. Galatians 5.24. The only way to walk in the Spirit is to deny the flesh and the affections and lusts. Look at Galatians 5.24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. You want the key to the success in the Christian life? You want the key to living a Christian life and not feeling? Because for some of you, Saturday morning soul wouldn't just feel like such a burden. It wouldn't if you're walking in the Spirit. But I can understand how it feels like a burden to you because you're so worldly. The key to a successful Christian life is to walk in the Spirit. And you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But you say, well, why can't I walk in the Spirit? Because you're so busy walking in the flesh. You don't walk in the Spirit. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. They've crucified the flesh and the affections and lusts of the flesh. They've crucified it! And they're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. Just because you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you does not mean that you are walking in the Spirit. Look at verse 25. If we live in the Spirit. What does that mean? That means we all live in the Spirit. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit indwells you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. See, just because you live in the Spirit or just because you possess the Spirit does not mean that you are actively walking in the Spirit. Just because you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, live in the Spirit, does not mean that you are walking in the Spirit. You've got to make a choice. You say, well, what if I choose not to? Well, then your life will be characterized by what characterizes the lives of every unworldly person. Verse 26, let us not be desirous of vain glory. Isn't that what all of social media is? Desiring vain glory. Look at my car. Look at my house. Look at my clothes. Look, at, look that's what the world lives for. Why, do, why are you living for that? Oh, let me answer the question for you because you don't walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another. Why do you just keep fighting with people? Fight with your wife. Fight with your kids. Fight with your church members, fellow church members. Fight at work. Fight with your neighbors. You're just fighting people. What? I'll tell you why. Because if you're walking in the Spirit, your life would be characterized of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. But when you walk in the Spirit, your desires of vainglory, you're provoking one another and being one another. So you choose. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to live desires of vainglory, provoking one another and having one another. That, that feels yucky. It should feel. And look, you should test that. If you're like, I don't feel anything. Maybe you should quit social media and open a King James Bible and read it. Maybe you should get on your knees and pray and ask God to lead you, to guide you, to help you not be so callous to worldly things, to be actually sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that when you walk into a situation that is inappropriate, you're like, oh, no. Sorry, good, I'm good. Their hot wings are good, I'll I'll take them to go. But no. When when you're at the restaurant and the the waitresses start dancing, that should make you feel uncomfortable. Christians are there like, oh, isn't this great, isn't this great? It's like, what in the world? Are Are you serious? And then they look at us like, oh, well, you're too distracted. No, you're too worldly. You're too worldly. Because if you're led of the Spirit, You'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you're led of the Spirit, you'll have no need 
of the law. Because against such, there is no law. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray you'd help us to walk in the Spirit. I'm so burdened by the worldliness of Christians today. And I'm especially burdened by the worldliness of our Christians, even in our church. Help us, like we sang today, to turn our eyes upon Jesus, to look in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I just think so many Christians, they've never experienced, they've never experienced the things of the earth growing strangely dim. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to be a people that walk in the Spirit. We love you. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have Brother Moses come up and lead us in a final.